joining me today for today's podcast out of West Perth. He's tall, he's a big body, he's an inside mid, he looks like Prince Charming, he's a leader. It's Kane Bevan. Kane, how are you going? Hey mate, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Now, I want to start off with a bit of chat about, I guess, your junior footy and especially your junior state footy because you're one of... Say a handful of blokes this year who have been there since. Is it 12s for you? Yeah, like state 12s. Yeah. Straight all the way through. It's a good crop this year. What's it like, I guess, going through from 12? I mean, you know nothing else except going through from 12s, but to be in the state program from 12s to now, how does that look, I guess, reflecting back on all that? Yeah, I suppose it is a little bit like strange seeing how many blokes did come through from state 12s because obviously it's a very young start. And I suppose you probably wouldn't pay much attention to a kid making the state 12 side and thinking, oh, yeah. Maybe they're a chance of getting drafted. But to see there's a few this year, I suppose it's just, yeah, it just shows that we've been good since we were young. We've come through the program together, which has been really good. So, yeah, you've made a few really good mates from that. So, yeah, it's been, been really good. Yeah, and I guess to be – because when you're 12, I mean, for you it would obviously be completely different. But for me, when I'm 12, playing footy at, like, Kenwick down the road, like – Everyone sucks. The people you think are, like, gods still probably suck. Like, you don't even realise state footy's a thing at that age. When you're 12 and you're playing state footy, are you just immediately, like, the coolest bloke at school <laughs> and, like, at your local club? Are you just immediately, like, god to everyone else? Yeah, I mean, you, you rate your work a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you make the state 12s and you think, yeah, you know... I'm on here. Yeah, like, <laughs> this, is, this is as good as yeah, it gets. six years away. Like, when you're, in year, when you're, like, 10... It's always the fastest kid gets all the girls. Yeah. If you're playing state footy <laughs> yeah. at 12, like how many women are yeah. in your, what is it What is it at 12, like Skype DMs at that stage? <laughs> Just trying to hit you Cake. up. Yeah, the kick <laughs> DMs. Oh, that's a throwback. Um, now, another thing that's been spoken about a lot of your game, because I guess you've been earmarked a bit for a while about this draft, but people have been speaking about with you, your transition from being a key position player, a key back, I believe, more so than key forward, but key position to inside mid. When you hear that you're going to be making that transition into inside midfield, I guess, what are the thoughts that are going through your head? Because everyone wants to be a, a midfielder, but to actually be told, we want you to go into the midfield, how does that feel? Yeah, I suppose it was a little bit nerve-wracking at first, I reckon. Um, I was pretty comfortable down back there for a bit and then also being able to go forward as well and play as a key position player. But I suppose I'm at a bit of an awkward height to be a key position. I'm 192 centimetres, not really like, I mean, to be a key position these days, you need to be 195 plus. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking to the coaches, they thought, yeah, there's a little bit of scope to try me in the midfield. Um, I'd never really played there before at all. And I, but yeah, no, I was excited to take on the role and I've yeah, really enjoyed it since going in there. Yeah, and in preparation for that, because obviously it seems like it's been a pretty smooth transition, but there would have been a lot of work behind the scenes. What was it that you were mainly focusing on, I guess, the main aspects of your game that you really had to work on to be ready to play in the midfield? Yeah, I suppose a lot of it was stoppage work because obviously I wasn't attending many stoppages and stuff like that, playing key position. So yeah, just watching a lot of, lot of vision and stuff of AFL players and then learning off blokes who I'm training with every day. Um, yeah, just trying to take in as much as I could and then try to apply to the games. And it didn't happen straight away. Like, I definitely had a few quiet games there like, to start in my first few Colts games there. Um, but, yeah, started to get the feel of it. And then once I got a little bit of confidence, just really grew from there. Yeah, now I'm going to call back to my local days. And this is obviously on a much smaller scale. But, you know, you go into the midfield, it's a lot faster game. I, I can recall one time when I was, like, 17 – going into the midfield at, like, again, Kenwick and just being like, yeah, this will be easy, just, like, running off the bench. And I, like, immediately just got overrun and, like, ran circles by everyone. Like, when you go into that stoppage for the first time in a competitive situation, is it, like, I don't know, is it, like, nosebleeds for you? Are you, like, just taken aback or shocked by the pace of the game? Or was there anything to being a midfielder that really you didn't expect at all? 
Yeah, you definitely you definitely notice that it's a lot more tiring. It's a lot more. You need that aerobic capacity to cover the ground a bit more. So yeah, the first few games in there, and then on top of that, there's you're always bodying up at the stoppages. That takes away from your energy as well. You're pushing off, trying to get to your spots in the stoppage, trying to get to the hit zone. So yeah, no, you get knackered. I was knackered my first few games, but then as I got a cut like over the preseason, then the last preseason as well, just really focusing on fitness, which I suppose makes it a lot easier when you actually get to game day. Yeah, and having that experience as a key position player, as you say, you're obviously a bit undersized for the AFL. They just want them taller and taller these days. But is that something you feel like in the future you could present to an AFL club being like a key defender or a key forward at stages? Yeah, 100%. I reckon um, definitely I'd be happy to go back or forward. Um, I think I have the ability to do that as well. Even if it's not key position, like these days the third tall down back is super important. Um, I think I have that ability to you know, intercept mark and read the play and be really be really good from the half back line. So I think definitely there's scope that I can move back there if need be. Yeah. Now as I said, you've obviously been earmarked for this draft. Being from twelves, you, you performed so well in those years. People are saying, Watch out for Kane Bevan in this draft year. I can recall this time last year, Jackson Pryor, West Perth boy, I was having a chat with him in here and he said, You gotta look out for Kane Bevan next year, like absolute gun. There's everyone's saying this. I'm sure you're hearing a bit of that and people are saying you know, you're not saying, but everyone's saying, oh, he's a guarantee for the draft. He's a lock. When you hear all that, how do you go about mentally and physically preparing for this year? Yeah, it does It does add, add that layer of pressure, I suppose. Um, obviously, being in those state teams from a young age, lots of people expect lots of things from you. Um, and they just, I suppose, they don't see the work you're putting in. They just expect it to, you know, they just expect to see your name called out the, at the end of this month. So, um, yeah, definitely a lot of pressure. But I suppose having that good support network around you and, this year I made a real emphasis not to, you know, read all the articles and all that stuff and just really try to stay away from it. And I think that's been really good for me. Um, I just haven't haven't paid much attention to it because then you start reading that stuff and then you sort of have to start comparing. It starts making you compare yourself to the other blokes as well. So, yeah, I've just been trying to stay focused, just stay in the moment and yeah, not look too far ahead. Yep. And in terms of the specific aspects of your game that you're working on the most, what was it that you were really looking to improve on to be as ready as possible for this year? Yeah, I think... It was still definitely working on that midfield craft. So, yeah, that was a big one. And to do that, I need to have a big pre-season like, with my fitness as well. So lots of running um, and then also trying to put a little bit of size on as well in the gym. So I think, yeah, just my midfield craft and then, um, yeah, that aerobic capacity as well. Yeah. Now, there's obviously a lot of things that, you know, people just see little things about you, like your height as a midfielder, and they start frothing it. They go, that's great. Clubs are going to love that. And another thing that you have that people are going off about is your leadership abilities. You're a captain, you're a leader. Being that leader, I guess, how did you feel when you were voted in as captain to be the leader of West Perth? Was it something that you had or maybe not expected but felt like you were the right fit for or was it something you felt you had to make some slight changes to who you were as a result of? Yeah, um, I mean, I haven't always been the best leader. Um, I've always been like, I'm a pretty quiet bloke, to be honest, like pretty shy, doesn't talk a lot. Um, but I think, yeah, going into this year, I definitely wanted to, goal of mine to you know lead the side and, and be the captain and um yeah that's not something that you can sort of plan to happen you sort of have to earn the trust of your teammates and respect and luckily I was able to do that and they voted me in which I'm super proud of um but yeah it definitely hasn't come naturally to me I'm more of a more of a lead through example and um sort of that type of leader rather than you know be the loudest bloke out on the track and just yelling all the time um I like to say stuff when I need to that has purpose rather than just sort of chirping nonsense all the time but yeah more of a lead by example leader I'd say yeah, and I guess just as a result of that, do you feel like you've become even more off the field, a, a more vocal person, more 
it's engaged louder as a result of that, like you felt like you've had to, maybe the new blokes, the younger blokes have come in, take them under your wings a little bit, or is it sort of just same old Bev situation? Yeah, no, I definitely think it's brought me out of my shell a little bit. Um, you're sort of exposed to, you know, having to talk, like even in front of people during like, like awards nights and stuff like that, you know, address, address the group and stuff. So yeah, it's definitely like helped me with my sort of um, social side and coming out of my shell a little bit. Yeah, now we'll look at our state champs because obviously heading into it this year, you're averaging a tick over 27 touches a game. You were dominating Waffle Colts. It was far too easy for you, obviously, but you go into the state champs and it was it was a stacked midfield. Our midfield was stacked and it maybe didn't reflect on the performances, but you, you look at the names, you know, Elijah, Reuben, Darcy, Steely, all these blokes who can go in the midfield as well outside of that. Knowing coming into that that you're not going to be a full-time midfielder, like you're probably going to have to show your wares across the board, how do you feel preparing for that state champs, knowing you're going to have to show off a more versatile side of your game? Yeah, I suppose it was a little bit hard, seeing as I had put so much effort into being that midfielder, and that was such a focus for such such a long time um, since moving there. But yeah, I suppose you just have to draw back on the confidence that you know you can play in different positions. And for me, I had to go forward and sort of play a little bit taller than what I am, um, seeing as though we were lacking a little bit in that key position forward department. So. Yeah, that's the role I had to play and, you know, that's what I had to do to try help us win. So, yeah, I was happy to do that. But in saying that as well, definitely would have liked to crack in the midfield a little bit more as well. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, now, obviously, your leadership, you know, being a captain of West Perth, coming into this and being one of the more experienced state players, obviously, since they're from there since 12s, it was a real blend of newcomers who haven't played any state footy to blokes who have been there since 12s, 15s, 16s or last year. What was it like, you know, did you feel like you had to play a role in, I guess, bringing the new boys together or was it just a really uh, an environment where everyone just sort of gelled naturally no one had to I guess force people to come out of their shell and reach out to people in I guess an area of discomfort yeah no I think it was all pretty natural this year I think you know we're a bunch of like we're all pretty good blokes we you know got along pretty pretty quickly off the jump um we had camps and stuff like that as well so that gave us a period where we could you know get to know each other and then yeah, by the time we got to the end, you couldn't really you couldn't really tell like, who had played state before and who hadn't. It was all sort of just that that one group that just gelled together really well. Yeah, and as we were saying, I guess just playing a that variety position, sort of trying to show your wares more forward. Is it something that I, I guess you really wanted to do at any stage throughout the year to pride yourself and to show clubs that you wanted to play forward, or not wanted to play forward, but wanted to show that you could play forward and could play midfield, or was it really just, I'm an inside midfielder, I want to focus all of my energy on that this year? No, nah, I definitely I definitely want to show that I had the capacity to go forward and be dangerous and kick goals. Um, not necessarily That might not necessarily have been to play forward for periods of games, but even as a midfielder, being able to push forward and be dangerous. Um, but yeah, throughout the year, I was able to move forward a few times. Um, and, you know, I think with my skill set, I have the ability to be able to push forward and, you know, play a bit, play as that tall even. Um uh, take my marks, have set shots and be really dangerous up forward as well. So, yeah, that's something that I definitely wanted to show as well. Yeah. Now, away from your performance, the State Carnival sucked for you because it was just – it was a string of poor luck. You, you played the first game against Vic Metro and it was a tough game for WA. And then the next game against the Allies, I believe you had COVID, played that game. A few boys had COVID, played that game and then found out after that game. So you missed the next game. And then you got gastro, I believe it was, heading into the last game, which would have been at home as yeah. well for you in Joondal Up. How does it I guess, affect you mentally? It's such a big state carnival. It's, it's the penultimate moment of your state career that you've been working towards for six years. And then 
I guess, to cop that, you know, and you're only 17, 18, and to cop that sort of, I guess, heartbreak for something you've been working towards for so long, how does that affect you mentally? Yeah, I mean, obviously it sucked. Like, you look forward to that for the whole year and even years before that, and um, it's so highly regarded by so many people, all the recruiters. Um, You know, that's that's the time where you have to, you know, show what you can do and really, really excel to, you know, put yourself in the best position later on in the year. And, um, yeah, like you said, I've managed to play the first game. Um, unfortunately, we got done. Uh, and then, yeah, going in that second game, flew over to Adelaide it was. Um, and then when we landed in Adelaide, I was, you know, was feeling a little bit average. I was like, oh, I don't know. And then, Did you yeah, just sort of keep it quiet? Yeah, and I was sort of just like, slept it under the carpet um, real quiet. Um, and then, yeah, woke up the morning of the game, you know, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> like, it's not great. Um, yeah, felt pretty sick, to be honest. And then... Yeah, warming up and then played the game. Um, I, you know, I just thought, you know, a little cold, but nothing much. And then, yeah, flew home, felt average on the plane. Um, and then, yeah, got home, did the test pretty much straight away and, yeah, had COVID. So, yeah, played that game with COVID. Um, and then, so I missed the Vic Country game as well the next week. And then, you know, I was fine, ready to go for the South Australia game here, home ground, like you said, two yeah. minutes away from my house. And then Friday night... Yeah, just no good gastro. That's both so ends rough. Just, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so, <laughs> so rough. Not, not good. So, yeah, we were meant to have a training session that Saturday morning preparing for the Sunday game, and, yeah, I was no good. So I had to give Jonesy the call Saturday morning and say, yeah, look. That's like the one no thing you can't here. play through as well, gastro. Yeah, no, There's no, no getting up no through chance, gastro. No chance. That's so rough. And I guess just to, to look back on, I guess, being with the boys as a whole in state footy this year, it was obviously a bit of a rough carnival, but just to be with that group, is there any moment you sort of look back on throughout the year as a moment that you, I just think of really fondly or even throughout your whole state career, just any moment that you look back on more fondly than others? Yeah, I think um, that first game against Vic Metro, I reckon the first half we had them, uh, that was just like being out there, um, you know, Vic Metro, they're, they're meant to be, you know, top of the top. Always uh, stacked. Always stacked, always yeah. winning, always getting a lot of boys drafted. And we genuinely had them on the ropes at half time. I think we were up by two or three goals. We definitely could have been up by more. I think, you know, we had 25 or 26 inside 50s. They might have had 11 or 12, like genuinely on top of them. And then, so yeah, obviously that feeling in that first half and coming in at half time was really good. But then, unfortunately, set came out in the second half and I reckon they kicked six or seven on the trot and we were yeah. just. And they just weren't missing either. Nah, they just could slotting not them from miss everywhere. Jefferson all. taking hangs, kicking yeah. bags, just, yeah. And then, so. The first half was good, but yeah, second half, a little, little bit of a dampener. Yeah, now the season for you, I guess, was highlighted with, or at least I'm saying it was highlighted with, uh, receiving the Best and Fairest Award for the Colts, uh, the Jack Clark Medal. How does it feel to receive that award, firstly? And I guess just going into it, you have missed a few games, but you dominated the games you did play. Beside that one game where you got injured, you were averaging like 27 touches for the season. You know you're probably in with, or do you feel like you're in with a shout and are you sort of... I guess not preparing, but feeling like you could win that medal on the night. Yeah, I mean, it was an, obviously it's an honour to win a, an award like that. Um, I, I wouldn't say I didn't really expect to win it. I was sort of considering if I'd played enough games not to get the job done because there were some other players that had some really good years as well. But yeah, it got to the night, so I put up put up to the sand over, and then you know I didn't really see any other Colts boys there, so that's when I sort of clocked on that you know, I probably am going to win it. So yeah, obviously that was. Yeah, super, super proud moment for me. To oh, gee, so it was given away pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're, when you're going through that count as well, is there, I guess, what's the feeling when it gets to that point where you realise 
you have won it, like, especially considering a speech. I know a lot of people hate going up to give a speech. Had you, you know, sort of started preparing a speech as the votes were going and it looked like you were going to win? Was it all just completely off the top of your head? What was, I guess, just those moments from when you realised you were going to win it to going up to giving your speech? Yeah, well, it's actually a funny one because, like, obviously I saw I was the only one there, so I'm like, all right, I'm probably, probably going to win it. I'm probably going to go off to have to go up and say something. So I was, you know, going over my head. I hadn't had anything prepared or anything. Yeah. I was just like trying to make one up like 10 minutes before I'm just about to go up. Just a pen and a napkin trying to <laughs> get like something in my going. Head, just trying to, you know, just mind mapping what I'm going to say. And then I got up or the, so before my award got announced, I think the league leading goal kicker went up to get his award. Yeah. And he didn't do a speech. Yeah. So I was like, oh, surely like, I'm in the clear here. I won't have to do one. So yeah, I went up and then, yeah, no speech needed. So oh, that was that's huge. so clutch. <laughs> huge, yeah, I know. So yeah, I was happy with that. Oh, did they do, is it an actual count or do they just say like the nah, winner of? Yeah, no, they just pulled up the votes and just said the winner. That's a shambles. They need yeah. to give some more respect to that. <laughs> now, one thing, and I don't want to rattle you, I guess, with this information, but the Jack Clark medal it hasn't had great success with the Colts. <laughs> I'm sure you would have probably yeah. seen. Um, I've got it here from the last 20 Seven have gone on to play AFL yeah. and only two have gone on to play any more than seven games. Mm. How does that sort of information make you feel? I mean, uh, you know, it's just it's just numbers. They don't yeah. actually mean anything. But just seeing that, how do you feel, I guess, knowing that information? Yeah, I suppose it is a little bit of a funny one. Um, I like to sort of hope that, you know, it's usually blokes who, um, you know, blokes who play state games usually don't win it because they miss those games. So that's yeah. sort of what I'm what I'm hoping at looking at the stats. But, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, I suppose. Um but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not the case for me. <laughs> well, in in good news, um, Kepler Bradley won it in two thousand two. Played one hundred and seventeen games. Yeah. Ten years later, Dean Kent won it in two thousand twelve. Play, has played one hundred games in counting. Ten years later, you've won it. Ooh. So hopefully, there's a ten year <laughs> oh, record, nice. and we're going to see triple figures <laughs> in games from you. So hopefully, that's the case. Yeah. Um, now on to I guess uh, a bit of a more upsetting thing from this year: the Waffle Grand Final. Uh, you know, it's. It's a tough one, but I'd be uh, remiss not to bring yeah. it up. Just in the lead up to that, you've been such a dominant side, and again, you're the captain. What is that week leading up, especially from the captain's perspective, to get all the boys ready to go? You've had two week or a week off, so you've had two weeks to prepare for this. What is that preparation like, especially from the captain's perspective? Yeah, I really enjoyed the week leading up to it. Um, we earned the break, so we had the we had a couple of weeks. You know, I suppose two weeks is a long time to sort of be sitting around and waiting for it. You sort of just want the day to come around, but. You know, tr- have, just being at training and going through the process over those two weeks was something that I like. I'll never forget. Like, was, and then obviously the nerves start to kick in as you get closer towards it. But yeah, those two weeks leading up to it were, were great. And then obviously the game was a little bit disappointing. But yeah, know. we don't have to worry about yeah. that too much. But <laughs> again, nothing. And you said you, you don't like to be the one that talks. I, I guess too much. You, you, when you talk, you want to say something. But as a captain, I'm sure you have to say something before the grand final. What was your pre-game speech like to the boys about that? Yeah, I did give a little bit of a rev up um, pre-game. Uh, planned it a little bit in, in advance. I think you have to for a grand yeah. final. Um, that's always the one the boys are boys are judging the most. So, yeah, I've sort of – it's been a long time since West Perth won one. I think 1990 was the last time. So I sort of well, leant back on that a little bit. You know, the 32 years since we won, I gave that a little bit, a little bit of mayo. But um, – yeah, try to give an okay rev up. I'm not sure how it went. I was a little bit rattled. <laughs> I was, I was yeah. nervous going up, so maybe the voice was getting a little bit shaky as well. But, yeah, no, I tried my best. Yeah, all right. Was there any, like, specific 
I guess other than that 32 year thing, was there anything like specific you were going for, like about peel or anything like that? Or was it all just really the general chat of, you know, yeah, no, we can do this. It's up to <laughs> us now. Pretty standard rev up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you give the, they don't want it and all, yeah, that, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you have like a, I guess a deputy when you were captain, like someone who was really helping you out with sort of the speeches and preparation and all that? Yeah. Well, the vice skipper, Dan Gathercole, um, he always chipped in with the speeches. Oh, as well. he would have so loved yeah, a bit of yeah, the speeches as well. Um, so yeah, no, he was really good. Yeah, he helped me out a fair bit. Yep. Now, looking back on, uh, I guess this year, previous years, as I said, you've been sort of in this mark for a few years now. When is it that you were first approached or had spoken to an AFL club regarding this draft? And uh, I guess what were those sort of conversations like initially? Yeah. So the first time I spoke to a club was earlier this year. Um, probably would have been. April around then um so yeah obviously I think I was in uni actually I got a call like I was in a class got a call I'm like oh who's calling me now look down at my number well just some random number so just you know turned it off and whatnot <laughs> yeah and then like you get a voice message afterwards it's like AFL club and that's obviously the first one I got so yeah it was pretty surreal um to know that AFL clubs are looking at you and you know want to talk to you so yeah that was that was my first time talking to a club and then yeah it's just since then have a have to spoken to a few more Yep, and through those conversations, I guess, with clubs, with state coaches, with, I guess, clubs talking to your manager who's talking to you, what's one thing about your game that they've really loved, that they've, you know, said they really enjoy seeing, and what's one thing they've said they want to see a bit more of from you or want to see you do a bit better? Yeah, I think my strengths, like everyone always says, it's the inside game, the contested ball winning, and then also another one would be the overhead marking as well as a midfielder. So, yeah, I think those would be two th- two strengths that, you know, everyone's sort of agreed with and sort of said that they're my strengths. But then weaknesses, I've seen a fair bit about um, my outside game and sort of that athleticism sort of side of it. Um, so, yeah, I suppose this year a lot of it for me at West Perth especially was being that in an under player and winning the contested ball to get it out to the outsiders. But um, So I wasn't really able to show as much of my outside game as what I would have liked. But I definitely do think that I still have the ability to, you know, get to the outside and use my skills and, and be really skillful, but I just probably didn't show as much as I would have liked to this year. So, yeah, I can see why they would think that that might be a weakness of mine. Yeah. Now, you, you look back on this year as a whole, and I guess for this you might say try and show more outside footy, but from, from everything you know now, from the benefit of hindsight, obviously you can't change that shit run you had through the state champs with poor luck, but is there anything that you changed to your approach to the season or an aspect of your game that you wish you worked harder on in the preseason? Is there anything you'd change with the benefit of hindsight? I reckon maybe if I'll change anything, it'd probably be try maybe even get out of the midfield a little bit more. I think I was in there a fair bit this year, especially with West Perth. Um, even like for a quarter or so every game, push forward. Because I think like if I showed a lot more of that, um, it just like, push me up even more I reckon because I think I can be really dangerous going forward and then even going back as well I might have liked to even go back for a game or two and show what I can do down there again because I did play down back my first culture in 16s and really enjoyed it and I thought I, I played pretty well that year as well so I think if I could sh- like refresh clubs on like my ability to do that I definitely would do that so I think that's probably something that I would do if I had the year again. Yep and I guess just finally we're what is it now, 10 days away from the draft, you know, seven days away from the draft, something like that. Like, how are you How are you feeling? It's so close. You've, As you said, you've been thinking about it since 12, uh, I guess, this year. And to know that you are just, you know, days away from it, how does it all feel to know that the last, 
you know, six, seven years of the life that you've been working towards, it's coming, you know, in, in you know, the next week or so. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty nervous, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a weird one because you can't really do anything now. You've done all the work. Um, yeah. You know, it's a big body of work over however long. Like, obviously, you dream of it since you play Auskick, really. So, what, 15 years, um, this is what it's been leading up to. But at the end of the day... Whether it happens or it doesn't, I won't let that define me. So, you know, there's so many ways in now. I'll keep cracking in next year, if not this year. But, yeah, obviously, hopefully in 10 days, you know, the dream comes true. Um, so, yeah, just wait and see what happens. Oh, fingers are crossed. And if records are anything to go by, you've got 100 games to go. <laughs> and then, uh, someone will in 10 years' time from now. But, Bev, it's been great to have you on, uh, you know, throughout the year. Thank you so much for giving me your time. And, um, yeah, hopefully next time we speak, I'm speaking to an AFL player. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Boy, oh boy, wowee. What another amazing episode spent listening to some amazing people. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you check out the boys on Instagram and YouTube as well. It's been real. It's been good. It's been real good. Gussie out.